Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. I often see people online kind of commenting that, oh, I don't have kids or my kids have all grown up and that, you know, they don't live here anymore or I'm single and so I don't have anything to scrapbook about. I kind of want to advocate for you and say, yes, you do. Like, just because you don't have, you know, kids or a partner, perhaps, it doesn't mean that you don't have other people in your life. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 137. In this episode, I'm joined by creative team member Alexa Gill to talk about memory keeping projects as a single child-free woman in her 30s. She shares her deep belief in the value of scrapbooking no matter your life situation. Hey Alexa, welcome to the podcast. Hi Jennifer, I'm so excited to be here. Oh, me too. You've been our, on our creative team for so many years, and it's such a pleasure to get to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about yourself so that our audience can get to know you? Sure. So I live on the um, south coast of England in a city by the sea with my cat. Um, I work full time for an engineering company um, in my late 30s. And as you mentioned, I've been on the creative team um, for S- Simple Scrapper since about, I think, the end of 2014 was when I joined. So I'm kind of a permanent fixture there. Yes, we will never let you go. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what's exciting you right now in scrapbooking? So I'm going to go with a product that I've been using quite a lot lately. I'm really obsessed with the plastic circles that Ali Edwards released for the December Daily and also recently with the Travel Collection. Um, I used the Travel ones on uh, Layout for Simple Scrapper recently, which will be on an, uh, in an upcoming edition of Spark. And I've been using them in my December Daily album as well. And they're just so versatile. Um, you can just stick them in pockets. You can use them as placeholders for stickers or numbers and use them as a design feature on a transparency. So really giving those a workout at the moment. Can we talk just a second here about kind of the technical functionality of using these? Do you use adhesive behind them? Do you staple them? I, yes. I think I sometimes love them in concept, but then I'm like, oh, how do I really use this? Yeah, so I I do both. I've stapled them um, and I also use an adhesive. I don't know if you're familiar with a company called Xyron. And Mm -hmm. I've got this little like roller that I stick it through and then it comes out the other side and it's got a clear adhesive on the back so that you can't see it. 
it's totally transparent when you stick it and that has been a, a game changer for me because I love to stick all the transparent things everywhere now that is so awesome. That is a definitely a game changing tip. Yeah, no, I'm I'm familiar with the Zyron. I don't have one, but I know that it's, you know, basically you're making your own stickers. But the uh-huh. idea of being able to put adhesive completely on the back of something, that's that's the perfect solution for this. So all right, I'm going to be adding that to my yeah. shopping cart now. <laughs> so we always talk about bucket list stories here on the podcast. And I know you've told many of yours in the the past couple of years. And bucket list stories are these little bit deeper, a little bit more important stories that feel like we need to tell them. So do you have a story that's still on your bucket list? Yeah, I mean, I have lots, but there's one that I think I'm going to tell soon because I'm working on my 2020 December daily at the moment. Um, And it was the day in December that I found out that the COVID vaccine had been approved for use. Um, In the UK, we were the first um, people in the world to approve it. And after sort of nine, nearly 10 months of living in fear to wake up to the news on the radio that we had this hope was just amazing and I use um, I've got all the journaling done already because I use an app called Evernote to keep a note of everything in real time so I've got all those emotions captured of the excitement and the relief and the hope and so it's just a case of having to put the page together so I'm excited to do that. Oh I love the idea that even if you are not uh, let's just say, I know some folks are really good at everyday journaling and it sounds like you might be one of those, but if you can get yourself into a habit of doing it in the moment when feelings are fresh, you then have journaling that's ready for your scrapbook pages. So I see that as kind of breaking down some barriers to getting words on a page and telling some of those deeper stories. If you can capture it when it's kind of almost tumbling out of you, whereas later you might have to go hunt for it. Yeah. I think there's benefit to both. Uh, Sometimes it's good to tell a story with some hindsight and perspective, and other times it's good to tell those in-the-moment stories. So I do a combination of both. Yeah, 100%. So today's topic is a little bit different, and you reached out saying you were interested to talk about memory keeping and documenting beyond the lens of children or as a childless person. And so maybe let's kind of go back first and tell us how you began scrapbooking and why memory keeping is important to you. So I've been scrapbooking for nearly 20 years. I actually started when I was about 19 years old and I was initially a card maker and I was selling some of my cards at a um, craft market to um, raise some money for charity. And there was a store there for um, creative memories. And I know creative memories is kind of a gateway for a lot of people um, that have joined yeah. the scrapbooking <laughs> community. Um, and I've ne- just never looked back. I've always enjoyed photography, even as a child. Um, and I've always enjoyed writing and, and so, and also been into loads of different crafty things. So, you know, all three combined was just the perfect hobby for me. Um, and it is a lifestyle for me now. I can't imagine my life without scrapbooking it's 
a way that I I do make sense of um, my life a lot of the time and also it gives me a lens of gratitude to my life which I don't think I would have so much in in the same way if I wasn't a scrapbooker and time just you forget things over time you think you're not going to forget but you do and so to have all these albums full of memories to look back on is such a joy so yeah it means a lot to me. Oh, yes, 100%. I think we all, this idea of gratitude through our hobby is one that's been really important to me as well, just because I've, I've, I've sought that through other means and it's, it's harder to find it. But when I'm getting crafty and, and using those loves that I've had, like you since I was a child, um, really makes it come through and just, yeah, it leaves me that happy feeling for sure. So can you tell us a little bit more about your life, what season of life you're in right now, and why you wanted to talk about this on the podcast? Yeah, so as I mentioned, I'm, I'm kind of in my late 30s, and at this point in my life, I don't um, see myself having children. I mean, never say never, but um, I maybe I'll become a stepmom one day or something, who, who knows, but... Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I live on my own. I'm, I'm single. I have been for quite a while. And I, I love my life that way. It's, um, you know, I know that not everybody chooses to be childless. And I recognize and acknowledge that, um, you know, some projects can be not for you, perhaps. Um, December can be a very difficult time for many people. And so it's up to each individual to kind of make their own choice about what project is right for them. But when I see these projects come up like Project Life, um, Week in the Life, uh, Day in the Life, December Daily, etc. I often see people online kind of commenting that, oh, I don't have kids or my kids have all grown up and that, you know, they don't live here anymore or I'm single. And so I don't have anything to scrapbook about um, for this project. And I, I kind of want to advocate for you and say, yes, you do. Like, just because you don't have, you know, kids or a partner, perhaps, it doesn't mean that you don't have other people in your life. Um, and you can invite them to tell, you know, their story in your December daily or whatever it is. Um, I often invite other voices into my projects. And, um, yeah, I just want to say, take a closer look at your life because I'm sure that you've got loads and loads of stories that you can tell. Yeah. So I think we're going to unpack some of that today. And I'm curious you, and I've certainly observed this others saying that I just don't have any stories to tell because, you know, my children have left the nest, all the the examples that you shared, but I'm curious if you've ever been questioned um, whether you, you were just single or, as you as you get older and you don't have children, have you even questioned why you're a scrapbooker? Yes, I have. Um, just the one time, um, really. Um, I went to an in-person crop many years ago, and obviously everybody's asking, trying to find out about me. And you know, it's obviously, then it turns out that I'm, you know, in my thirties and I don't have kids and I'm not married, etc. And one lady turned to me and said, "Well." what do you have to what why are you scrapbooking then what do you have to scrapbook and it wasn't in like a light-hearted way it was pretty rude um and it was a little bit upsetting it's definitely something that stayed with me but you know it's something that I love and I have endless stories to tell I will never ever get to a point where I'm caught up with my scrapbooking quote unquote um so yeah uh, I'm interested to know if, if other people have had similar experiences but I don't know. 
Yeah, I'd be, and I'd like to invite folks to leave a comment, whether on the Facebook post for this episode or on the blog post where we keep the show notes to, to share your experience as well. Uh, I'm wondering if that, if that interaction, because you said it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just an offhand comment. It was very pointed at sound. Did that kind of maybe turn you into more of that advocate and wanting to, to stand up tall in, in whoever you are and to celebrate everyone's value as a documenter and storyteller. Yeah, I think so. And also, um, you know, I'm a feminist, I'm quite politically active and I just want to be an advocate for all women and, um, you know, all people really, but especially women, um, because often our voices are marginalized and, um, don't get the sounding board that they perhaps should do. So, yeah, but I think there's a space in our community for everybody and, you know, men, women, um, whatever your circumstances, um, you know, everybody has a story that is valid and is worth telling. Yes, a hundred percent. And I think there's so many ways that you can be a scrapbooker today. I was talking to a friend the other day. She had started participating in Thursday three, but she's not a scrapbooker. And she was asking a little bit about uh, what Kristen does. And I was, you know, telling her about um, the Awesome Ladies Project. And I was like, one of the things that I think is so awesome that, that Kristen is trying to advocate for is that you don't need to have fancy, expensive scrapbook supplies to tell the story of your life. And I think that just makes our hobby even more inclusive to um, so many different people in different stages of their lives as well. Yeah, for sure. Do you think there's any other kind of myths or misconceptions about what what, what it is that we do in this community, um, particularly about what what's expected and, and things like that? Yeah, I think that if you're outside the community or you're just joining the community, it might seem that scrapbooking is only for big life events like, you know, births, weddings, birthdays, holidays, etc. Um, but that's not the case. I mean, I'm, I, I used to scrapbook travel quite a lot, but obviously with COVID, I've not been able to do that. And so I've definitely had to turn to more, you know, everyday stories um, and including those in my projects. Um, I think, yeah, that's probably a, a, a myth from if you're looking outside the community, but I maybe don't know that much about scrapbooking, but it's certainly not true. There's lots of different projects and you can pick and choose. That's the beauty of it. You, you can do whatever fits your lifestyle or what, you know, the stories that you want to tell. Well, and I think if you want to go even more uh, logistical, tactical, that I think there is still a myth that it's about documenting every photo in order. Mm. And that's not something, yes, that's something you can choose to do. But when you step out of that, I think it's easier to step into telling the stories that feel compelling to you and to bring more of yourself and whatever place you are right now into that story rather than thinking we're going back and we're just, you know, creating an encyclopedia of what happened in your life. Yeah. And 
You can choose to do photo layouts with no journaling, or you can choose to do no photo layouts with all journaling, or you can just include a few key details. There's, there's just so many different ways that you can tell your story. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that really was what inspired the concept of the podcast as well, is that it's... Um, particularly if you're a new scrapbooker or maybe you're a returning scrapbooker, that there's just so many options today um, for whatever like creative need that you have, whatever storytelling need you have, and then fun ways to combine those together. But kind of going back to our topic here, how do you think we can change the narrative around this, this thing that you don't have stories to tell? Or do you think it's already changing? I think it definitely is changing, certainly within particular pockets within the community and some key figures within the scrapbooking community that maybe have a higher profile. But I've also noticed a bit of a shift in the products that are offered um, Mm -hmm. these days. Ten years ago or more, it would have it would have been the birthday, the Christmas, those kind of seasonal products that come out um whereas now we get these kind of in-between um releases which are a lot more all-encompassing um and uh, you know encourage to tell other stories outside of those um what we might think of traditional stories that that should be told well i think i remember that when i first taught before your story which was you know in that 2014 2015 time frame that's when the simple stories collection like the me collection and now they've done like several iterations of that that mm-hmm. came out and so you know it's a high profile brand easy to to access and i think i remember have seeing so many different conversations around well how would i actually use this mm-hmm. <laughs> in my scrapbooking from those who maybe weren't already familiar with you know including the, yourself in the story and so, yeah, I've definitely seen a shift through the products as well. Um, and, you know, of course, I think we've already mentioned Allie Edwards at least once, but she's certainly been a huge advocate for um, personal storytelling. Shamel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so many in our industry who have, who were doing this back in the magazine days. And then when we kind of everything moved online, have rallied our community around some of these themes, I think. So you do monthly project life. What are some of the stor- common story themes in in your photos and in your pages? So pre-COVID, it definitely would have been a lot about stuff I'm doing. Um, now, obviously, I'm, there's been times where I've not been out, able to get out there and do things so much. Um, so it's been a lot more focused on my home, my garden, my cat. Luna. Um, sometimes I've included things through the years which I wouldn't necessarily include in other projects like um, ongoing health issues, um, th- stuff that's going on politically, uh, stuff at work. Um, and I also specifically this year stamp uh, out every month a card for what I'm reading and what I'm watching. And I keep those out on my desk so that I can kind of every time I start watching or reading something new, I can scribble it down on the card. And then it's sort of a work in progress. By the end of the month, it's kind of all done and ready just to slip in the pocket. 
You know, I love that concept. And that's something that I've, I've only sprinkled in some of my albums in recent years. But when I go back and I look at like my grandma's scrapbooks from the 1940s, I'm so fascinated by the things that she was watching and reading and all these like little like newspaper clips and receipts that she put in there that show what she was doing. She was very much doing, you know, a uh, during the war and post-war version of Project Life back then. So it's super fascinating. And I want to do more of that um, in my project next year for sure. So initially, when I first started Project Life, I did include a lot of ephemera and a lot more detail. And it just, there are years where I didn't complete it. There's like gaps. And Mm. so I really simplified my process. And it's really just one step up from a a photo book. Um, I use the Design A Project um, page protector, sorry, from Becky Higgins or Project Life. And um, I just choose eight photos for the month and there's eight cards and that's it. And I don't embellish. Um, So it's really, it's really just a simple holding place for stories, words and photos. I love that you found what works for you um, through that iterative process of trying it again and again, different ways. And I think that the more we experiment with a particular format, if it's not working the way you're doing it, that doesn't mean that that format doesn't work for you. It might mean you need to adjust it and tweak it so that it feels finishable and, and you know, is functionally finishable for you yeah. given, you know, what the, the amount of time and energy you want to spend on it compared with other projects. Cause it's always a balance. If you're doing something that goes on throughout the year along with other creative projects. Yeah. And there were, there were a couple of years where I made, I edited all my photos so they were black and white and so that it was easy just to pick a a simple color scheme for the cards. But when I moved into my house, um, my flat, I had a garden and I wanted to see that color and I I would do things like dye my hair pink and, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell that kind of detail in the black and white photos. And aesthetically it looks beautiful, but um, I think... I definitely overall prefer the color photos because it's, it just looks more like real life, to be honest. Yes, I definitely had a black and white phase as well. And when I, in in recent past, when I've made something black and white, I feel like, well, that's taking a particular color out of the picture that's part of the story. And I Mm. don't want to do that. Even if the photo really looks technically less perfect or less polished in the color version, I'd rather have that. Um, in my album than the black and white one at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same boat with you with that one. So I'm curious, when you're trying to decide what you're going to work on for a layout, what story becomes a larger page? Are some of those stories already in your project life or are you really intentionally thinking, okay, this is what's going in project life and this is what's going to be a layout? Um, I definitely have a little bit of an overlap. Sometimes there are um, key events that I want to document in more than one place. And so they might end up on a layout as well as in project life. Um, And I probably have more everyday stuff in project life than you would typically see on a full size layout. 
but so and, in your project life is it more like every day is it more like reflective stories like little bits of you know i had coffee today or how much of the things that you do in life um get into your project life versus a layout i think that's again something that's changed over the years initially mm. um kind of five years ago i might have just had the the key st- events that you know the stuff that I'm doing um and not so much of the everyday life I think a key shift for me was when I got my own place and started living on my own um because previously I had shared with other people and so who didn't necessarily want to be in the photos and might have thought I was a little bit odd for t- trying to get uh, t- self-timer photos of us all sat in the living room or whatever so um I, yeah, now that I have my own place, there's definitely been a bit more of a shift again um, of taking photos around the house. And obviously last year I had to start working from home full time as well. So yeah. I, I was around the house, the, the home more to take those pictures and to, you know, snap pictures of me in virtual meetings or online with in Zoom meetings with friends and that kind of thing. So um, it's a little bit of a blend now, I would say. I definitely still include um, bits and pieces of, of when I'm going out with friends or whatever, but a lot more about the gen, gen, generic stuff that's going on around the home. Well, I think the more that you are practicing that type of photography, the more that your eye sees the opportunity to take the photo. Mm-hmm. I remember um, just this past year during Week in the Life, I was, you know, toting my big camera around for the week and I noticed, you know, how cute my giant tote bag and my feet looked when I was sitting at a softball game, you know, eating my dinner, getting ready um, for my daughter's game to start. And I'm like, I wouldn't have been able to see that, you know, 10 years ago when I started scrapbooking. I would have been thinking about this is I'm at a softball game. So this is about the softball game, Mm. not about that. I'm feeling grateful that I, you know, have this giant tote bag and that I can just sit here and be comfy and eat my dinner um, no matter where I'm at. So there's multiple stories within any scenario and you get to choose which one, you know, feels compelling or interesting to you in that moment. So speaking of Week in the Life, what do you love about projects like Week in the Life? Or December daily. So I definitely love different things about the, both of the projects. Um, you just mentioned sort of uh, about looking for the photos for the everyday photos, and I, I think that the photos that I take during week of the life typically end up being my favourite photos of the year. Uh, a lot of them. Um, I agree. Be- yeah. Yeah. Is you end up sort of experimenting with angles and obviously living on my own I can't just ask somebody oh can you grab a picture of me doing the washing up or I have to be creative and think well where can I put my camera down to get a self-timer photo of me you know doing this and it can I think some people can feel that's a little bit disingenuous but I mean I'm still washing up I'm still you know I'm still going to be doing that it's just that I have to kind of like pose a little bit to to capture that that moment um and so I mentioned before that I have that lens of gratitude um in scrapbooking and and I think that week in the life um also really that's the overwhelming 
thing that I feel at the end of the week when I've taken all the, the photos and I've written all my journaling down throughout the week is that I'm just really grateful for my for my life and the life that I have because we can fall into that comparison trap of and you know but everyone's life is imperfect and there's always going to be things that you want that you don't have um and but week in the life really highlights to me everything that I do have and that's what I really love about the project and I don't really get very quote-unquote crafty with my week in the life album it's more about the words and the photos I do add some stickers and some chipboard and that kind of thing but really not very not very much at all um, and I also capture the words during the week of um, week in the life as well. Uh, the week that I'm documenting, I'll, I'll keep the cards out on the desk and I'll make sure that I complete them at the end of each day so that I'm capturing that in the moment. With day in the life, it's more of a, a combination of the of the three things that um, I love the, the words and the photos, but I also have a lot of fun. Uh, making the album um, I make I do prepare some pages in advance of December so it's sort of during October and November there's that excitement about the project coming up um, and then I do bits of journaling and, and kind of keep an eye on on planning as I go throughout December but I outsource all of my f um, photo printing so some of the type journaling and, and a lot of the photos won't arrive until kind of January time or, or maybe later if I'm editing or tweaking things um, but again this project it gives me a lens of joy and magic and it's become a part of the way that I I live my December now. I love how you highlighted that one project is a little bit more about the products and the fun glitteriness of it and one is a little bit more about the words and the photos and that we don't have to approach we don't have to have the kind of same intent and meaning and why behind each of our product projects and, and in fact i think that understanding what it is you want to get out of it can make you even more successful in finishing it yeah and i typically i know a lot of people take you know thousands there's thousands of photos during week in the life and I really don't do that because I would get very overwhelmed so I I typically try and um, make sure that I have between seven and ten photos each day that I know I'm going to want to use and then um, use those at, at the end of the project whereas in December daily I've got I'm particularly last year because we were in lockdown in England I wasn't really able to leave my flat very much other than to see the people in my bubble or to get groceries so there wasn't as much opportunity to take photos of the typical December activities and I did have to get really creative and I've got a lot more um, pages that for 2020 than I ever have before, which don't have any photos at all. Oh, so. I bet. Yeah. I'm sure you had, there was a lot of, you know, certainly a complicated emotional time of not being able to, to see all the people that you want to see and do all the things that you want to do that make it the holiday season. I'm curious that over the years, it sounds like you've found your path of success in finishing these projects. I'm curious, over did you have to, back into that over the years with other like false starts um, or were you just you know totally <laughs> successful out the gate and knowing how to construct these projects so that they work for you um 
I mean, I'm not somebody that finishes December daily within December. Like I mentioned, okay. I outsource my photo printing and that kind of thing. And I'm still working on my 2020 album now. I actually quite enjoy working on it in out of season, like in July. Um, so I've got the bones of it sort of by the end of December but then I work on it as and when I feel like um but I will typically try and finish it by you know August time before all the hype starts for the the next year's project because otherwise I think if I didn't finish it then I would get sucked into what I want to be doing for this year and I maybe wouldn't finish it um and the same with week in the life after documenting for a whole week, I normally give it a good rest, like of a couple of months before I get my photos printed and I assemble okay. the album. Yeah. So, yeah, you mentioned that you were working on, before we got on, that you've been working on December Daily this weekend because the clock is ticking on the hype. It's starting yeah. now, it seems <laughs> like. So, yeah. When we're recording this, this, is the beginning of August. And I think this is the earliest I've ever seen. Um, all of the hype began for this year's December daily. And now I'm, I'm considering my own plans myself and I'm like, Oh shoot, I didn't, I wasn't ready for this. School hasn't even started. So, um, I'm, I'm curious if there's other, um, maybe other differences in the types of stories that you include. Um, which one do you feel like is more, Oh, reflective about, you know, your life right now? Or are they they're reflective in different ways? Yeah, definitely reflective in different ways. Um, as I mentioned, there's, I normally in, include more photos in Week in the Life. So, mm-hmm. um, and obviously photos in their own way tell stories, even if you didn't have any words to support them. Um, and the reason that I started Week in the Life, actually, because I did always think, oh, yeah, that project's not for me. Um, I'm single I don't have kids I don't need to see what you know my life looks like uh, outside of project life and my other scrapbooking endeavors but I'm when I bought my own flat I thought you know what it would be really interesting to see um, because I've been doing a lot of decorating and the renovations on the flat and in the garden you know it would be interesting to see what it looked like now when I first move in versus, you know, in a couple of years time. And then I kind of got hooked on the project. Um, obviously last year with COVID, I kind of wanted to really screenshot what life looked like during that period because I knew that it wasn't going to be like that forever and it would be a, its own little time capsule in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually used the day in the, the life kit for week in the life last year and I used the stamp that said feeling and I wrote down every day like how I was feeling and I looked back at it recently and it was very obvious that I was really tired and that I was all consumed with you know everything that was going on um, which sounds quite obvious to say but when you're living it you maybe don't necessarily recognize that Um, so yeah week in the life definitely reflective um but day in the life is too and again the 20 you mean december daily oh sorry december daily yeah um (laughs) again it's its own little time capsule and because some things change some things stay the same you might have a, a tradition that you've always done and then that shows up in your album every year or you might start a new tradition um you know preferences of films and songs and that kind of thing um might pop up again and again um 
yeah, it, again, it's its own little time capsule, but I only uh, pick one story from each day, typically, um, in December. So it's not su- it's not such a wide variety of stories. Um, well, no, that's not quite correct to say. Um, maybe a little bit more in-depth stories sometimes, I think, in December Daily versus Week in the Life. Well, you you have a larger time period to pick from. Mm. And so you can't really bring that same level of detail that you do to Week in the Life yeah. to December Daily. It's just not... I mean, you can, but it's it's really not feasible to do that. Um well, without getting kind of burnt out on the project and 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 actually being able to finish someday, I think. Um, I, I would also say that in December daily, I tend to be more reflective about the end of the year and yeah. what I want going into the new year. And so it's very much, not even as much about the holiday season, but when I'm writing about my own stories, I'm thinking about what I want to celebrate, you know, what am I, you know, disappointed in? And then what do I want for the year to come? So it's very much almost like more of like a new year's type of project for me. Yeah. And that's also an opportunity that I have used in the past to invite other voices into my, into my album. I normally ask my family, um, you know, what was your favorite thing about this year? And then, um, they, I'll get them to write that on a tag maybe and include that in the album all together in a pocket or something. Um, I've done that a few times and it's it's quite nice to reflect on. Oh, that's super fun. So do you have any other thoughts on, you know, how you approach scrapbooking and maybe any advice you have for someone who feels like they don't have enough going on to do one of these projects because I've you know one of the the case studies and examples that we shared was someone who maybe did feel that way for a period of her life and then as she's going into a different season of life doesn't feel that way anymore how can we peel you know peel back the layers or go beneath the surface of what we think we're supposed to be documenting and go a little bit deeper um, Sorry, that's like six questions in one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think you just um it's about kind of paying attention, I guess. Um because like I said day to day you think things stay stay the same, but then over time they do change even if it's something small like your favorite coffee that you prefer to drink right now, you know, in 2 or 3 years is it going to be that same coffee? Don't know. Um or the size of the apple tree that's growing in your garden, you know, documenting those small things that change over time. Um, and I think products, we mentioned um, there's been a bit of a change um, in the offerings, but they, products can jumpstart ideas. So you don't, and you don't always ha- necessarily have to have the memory or the photo already. It might prompt a story spark in you to think, oh, yeah, that, that would be great if, you know, and then you can go and take the photo and tell the story. Um, yes, yes. I I'm, I love using products in, because there are so many that are intentionally created now that are story supporters and story starters that if you start with that product and then let it, you know, allow your mind to explore what might be possible and then make a choice from that or make multiple choices. You know, I got 
uh, nine different stories out of one story kit. And, and Crystal does that month after month with um, her story kit crush and celebrating mm-hmm. when others are doing that as well. And just allowing this, you know, this fun, delightful part of our hobby to help you help your mind explore what you might want to capture. Yeah. All right. Any other final thoughts? Only really that I want to encourage you, whatever uh, stage of life you're in, season of life you're in, I just want to encourage you that your story is important. Even if you do do have a partner, you do have kids, I do want to encourage you to to look for those stories that you can tell about yourself and um, also to find your people. Uh, It can seem like if you are single or, or childless, that there aren't any other scrapbookers out there in the same situation as you, but we are out there. And um, so if you find your people, then you can kind of get ideas off of each other and inspire each other. So I I would encourage you people to do that too. And, you know, I just love how this community as a whole, that we can learn from one another and help celebrate, you know, the most meaningful parts of our lives, whether those are big or small. And I just want to thank you for for sharing your story and, and your thoughts in today's episode. No problem. It's been great fun. Can you share where we can find you online and anything maybe, you know, fun or new that you have coming up? Yeah, sure. So I'm part of the uh, simple scrap scrapper creative team so you can always um, find me um, within that community and on Instagram is the main place you'll find me online and my handle is Curly Wiggles awesome I love your career list. <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you so much Alexa and to all of our listeners please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way if you like the podcast you'll love being a member When you join, you'll get access to weekly Zoom crops, bi-monthly retreats, and a huge content library. You can head over to simplescrapper.com slash membership to learn more and join our creative community.